Pegasus Nation, happy Halloween. We are back. We're a little late to the party. Obviously, I'm pretty sure Halloween was a couple of days ago, but it doesn't matter. We are still here with a very awesome and scary episode. What's going on, man? Well, anyway, we will always end our episodes on a fun note. That being said, we do have some Halloween before the end. Stick with us. Yeah, make sure you stick around for that. But now let's get into the sports. All right, starting off, the NBA has shown a bright future in the starting games. So we do have some rising duos have shown to be pretty powerful and exciting. Yeah, just the other night, Karis LeVert and Donovan Mitchell combined for 82 points. Oh my God, man! With that, oh wow, that's crazy. Mitchell Levert, are they an are they an up and coming duo? Are sure seems that way. Yeah, could they be Cleveland's next Braun and Kyrie? <laughs> and I believe each one had exactly forty one. With with this being said, this brings me to this question for you: how how good? Do you think Cleveland is now that they have Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell to me has always been a little underrated, but Cleveland as a team is criminally underrated now. Oh yeah. They have all of those pieces, an incredibly bright future. And here's another thing no one's actually talking about. They have a lot of cap space for this offseason where they could pursue a certain Akron boy ah. to, to maybe make one last dance. Think you know what I'm getting at. How crazy <laughs> would this Cleveland team be with LeBron James right now? <laughs> well, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but... I think if LeBron joins this team, I think that team is better than that 2016 team. Honestly, wow. Here's, I'm going to say, yeah, I agree with you, but I'm actually going to take it a step forward. I think if LeBron joins this Cavs team, it will be the first time in his career that he's ever played with, For in my opinion, a super team. Because I believe if you put LeBron James on this Cavs team, they become a super team. I could see it. It could be considered a super team. Without LeBron James, how they are presently constructed, how far do you see this Cavs team going this year? I I can't say I see them winning it. I do think they can make it around the, the conference finals or the round previous to that. I'm honestly going to go bold here. I think this Cavs team right now can't make it to the finals. And it's not that crazy to say I could see them maybe winning it. We're mm -hmm. looking at what's happening with Miami. They've, they've struggled this season. They haven't looked good. Like Milwaukee's been all right, but they we don't know we don't know what they are gonna be like heading into the playoffs brooklyn sucks brooklyn's just terrible right now and then who else do you have like boston but with the situation with the coach if you look at cleveland this might be the best time for them to to be competitive man this Cavs team is young and and mitchell is like you said he's always been underrated but i think now that he went to cleveland he became even more underrated definitely and no one was expecting Donovan Mitchell to go to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, not even Donovan Mitchell was expecting it. I, I heard an interview a couple of days ago. I think it was with J.J. Redick on his podcast. And he said, I swear, he said, I thought I was going to go to the Knicks. Not even Donovan Mitchell expected to go to Cleveland. <laughs> Let me ask you something. If you can remember, what were your first reactions when you heard that Mitchell got traded to Cleveland? I honestly, I thought he was going to go to the Knicks as well. Yeah. I I I I, th I actually thought he was coming to Miami. Like I thought he was gonna come here down here to Miami because of all the reports and everything that all the sources and Woj and all the guys were saying. 
I thought it was down here in Miami. When all of a sudden, I get a notification saying Donovan Mitchell's going to Cleveland. I was like, whoa. That might be one of the most shocking trades in NBA history. Well, I don't know if this next one is considered a duel because they both play in point guard. DeJounte Murray and Trey Young both combined for a 62 and 17 assists. I think it is a duel because the way... I at least the way Atlanta was running it, I saw their game against, uh, I think it was Utah last night. And they're playing Mitch, they're playing uh, Murray at the two and Trey Young at the point guard. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I thought, I was uh, skeptical about the whole DeJounte Murray, Trey Young duo because I didn't think they were going to work. But they've proved me wrong. Now, you and I, last year, we went to see the Heat and the Hawks. In the playoffs. How much better do you think the Hawks are now with DeJounte Murray compared to that team that we saw just a couple months ago? I believe it's like having another Trey Young. I mean, they both have a similar game styles. And we saw that that when we went to go to the game, Miami was shutting down Trey Young. So now it's like having two of them, that's more of an issue. It's going to yeah. be. The, my, my only problem, mm -hmm. which was my big concern with Trey Young, even heading into the NBA, heading out of college, was can't really play. You mm -hmm. saw that in the, in the Miami series, especially that game that we went to. He couldn't defend. But now you bring in DeJounte Murray, who is one of the best defenders in the league and who can shoot the three. How much better does DeJounte, how much, how much does the DeJounte Murray acquisition raise the ceiling for the Hawks? I believe it gives them, it definitely brings them up because DeJounte Murray is an excellent playmaker. He can bring up his teammates and himself. And I mean, the way these two are playing, it wouldn't be crazy to me if they both become all-stars this season. Like, if they keep playing, if they keep playing like this, then definitely they're all-stars. I mean, bro, there's, the Hawks are an interesting team because my only issue with Atlanta, I know I'm probably going to get like destroyed in the comments for this, but here's my only issue. Atlanta is better than a play-in team, but they're not good enough to be a competitive playoff. So they're just in that in-between zone of not being a play-in team, being above a play-in team, but not a true contender. So I don't I don't know how good Atlanta can really be. That's my only issue with them. Like Memphis. Exactly. But it's like Memphis. All right, let's move now, on. Now moving on to LA and Russell Westbrook. He was recently moved to to being the sixth man in in the rotation. I think it's a it's a smart decision for the Lakers to bench him. Like we said last episode, bro. You're not going to be able to trade him because he's so good that he hurts tanking teams, but he's so bad that he hurts contending teams, or so you're stuck with him. Now, how much better do you think he can be now that he's coming off the bench? I believe it doesn't give him as much pressure as it did having him start. Like having him start, he has all of the all of the pressure from the fans because they hate him, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, it's true. Like, Lakers fans yeah. do truly despise Russell Westbrook. And like, having him off the bench, it, like, it lightens the load a little bit. I think they're still going to hate him, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like, not going to change. Brutal, bro. Like, LA is just they're a brutal cancer culture, bro. Now, I, I think this is beneficial for both sides because, look, now Westbrook can play more freely with the bench and he can really be, maybe he can tap into that Russell Westbrook of old and be like the, give me the ball and let me go to work because if you're starting, you're out there with LeBron, you're out there with Anthony Davis and they need the ball too. So I think now it 
really allows him to be more selfish, which is, mate, Russ is not going to like this. It's who he is. He's always thrived under being that selfish type of player. So maybe now he can get back to that and be competitive with, uh... Now, how do you think this helps the Lakers now that Russell Westbrook's coming off the bench? It gives more time to LeBron and AD to do their thing and carry out the game and, you know, hopefully get more wins because right now... They are literally right now at the number one pick spot, and the worst part is they wouldn't even keep their pick. Don't now, there don't. are rumors that this is most likely Westbrook's last season in the wow. NBA. I think I think he should. I think he should retire because, really, Russell Westbrook is a prime example of that quote that you either die a hero or you live long enough to long see enough yourself to become see a villain. And that's what's happening with Russell Westbrook. He's... He used to be like one of the most loved players in the NBA when he was in OKC, then Houston and Washington. Then he goes to LA and now the worst season I've ever seen from a player last year. And now everyone hates him. Not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, man. He awful last year. Is he the most hated player right now? Right now, yes. Right now he is yeah. the most hated. He is more hated than Kyrie Irving and that's impressive, bro. Because Kyrie is also very hated. So yeah, I honestly think it's time for him to retire. He's made a he's made an absurd amount of money already. So I think it's just time to to hang it up, man. Honestly, it the right time for him to retire. It doesn't feel right for him to go like this. I mean, yeah. it, it, it sucks that it has to end like this. But what I fear, he continues to have. Let me ask you something. If like, here's what I fear is that he continues to have these bad seasons, and that Hall of Fame career gets he's messed done. up these seasons and then we start having debates about whether or not he's a hall of famer what i want to ask you right now con even considering last season is he a hall of famer there is no there is no denying what he's done in his career and i'm gonna say yeah yeah he still is a hall of famer yeah i i i think he is but i just fear like i said that he has these bad seasons and maybe that certified hall of famer starts to like downgrade and like he doesn't because i think if he has if he wins if he can somehow win a ring even with these bad seasons i think he's guaranteed a hall of fame spot but man he's not in a position to win a ring and whether whether or not lakers fans want to hear it or not russell westbrook is the reason they are not a competitive team because if you look at the lakers without so russell westbrook they're competitive they their only win of the season was against denver and russell westbrook didn't touch the court damn he was out with an injury and they win the game it's it's tough dude it's a tough decision but i think it's time for him to retire for his career sake yeah if they can't trade him because like as you said he's too good for bad teams and he's too bad for good teams so why don't they just out of respect for who he is i think yeah because bro and this is not me this is not us hating russell westbrook yeah, we would love to have russell westbrook on the show one day let me ask you this is he good enough for the g league i think he could dominate the g league because dude that is something that i think both the lakers and westbrook should consider like sending him down to the g league westbrook can find himself again find himself as a player and then come back and and be um that guy again to the team it's crazy bro it's crazy that we are talking a guy who literally broke oscar robinson's records just a couple seasons ago who all of us were saying man this man's like one of the i remember like 2017 2018 we were having conversations mm. about this guy being potentially the best point guard of all time and now we're talking about him <laughs> being sent down to the g league like god
Damn, what happened, bro? I mean, <laughs> times change. Times have changed, dude. Times have changed. All right. All right, now looking into the future, this is the current IKEA rookie NBA ladder. Now it's Paolo in first, Benedict Matherin second, and Jabari Smith Jr. That's a good. That's a good ranking so far. If that's how I actually could, I think that could be how it finishes this year. And man, it sucks that Chet is. It, it sucks that Chet got hurt. I know. I know. What did he injure? I think he tore his ACL. Uh, was that like Yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, I think it was. He's gonna like, miss the entire season. Season, oh. Isn't that what happened with uh, with Wiseman? Yeah, Wiseman missed his entire year, bro. What is it with these big men and breaking their ACLs? But bro, there's no denying Paolo Banquero is a he's such a yeah. good player. I, I I want I can't wait for the Heat to play the Magic so I can go so we can go to that game. We haven't been to a Heat game this season yet. What the hell? So yeah, we gotta look into that. Gotta definitely look into that, brother. But bro, Paulo Banquero, right now, I think right now he is my rookie of the year. I've seen at this point, I have seen at least a game of every team, and I've seen their rookies and I've analyzed it. Paulo Banquero is what I love about him is he plays with joy. He plays with like a love for the game, and he really loves to be there. So. I think he's the rookie of the year. Who is your rookie of the year as of right now? Well, you can't really go wrong with any of the rookies. And this has been one of the best draft classes. This, like this, I think this might be the best draft class since like the Luca, Trey Young, Aiton, Michael Porter Jr. one. Yeah, but like as you said, like Apollo plays with an unmatched passion for the game. That he does, it's bro. Just, it's just something rare that you don't find yeah. as much these days. And maybe it's the city, dude. Maybe because Orlando's a lovely city, and like they they have really passionate fans. I've met I've met a couple of people that I know are Magic fans, and they are diehard Magic fans, bro. So it could be the fans, could be the city. I don't know, but right now he is the rookie of the year. Now this past week, a lot of players have made now KD has passed Vince Carter for the 19th spot on the regular all-time season list. K KD is special, dude. KD is KD is like unhuman, bro. Like the things that this man can do, it's impressive. And congrats to KD for this huge milestone. And let me ask you something, which you KD like obviously we know that this is like bronze era, how LeBron's dominated and continuing to dominate even with the struggles of the Lakers. If LeBron doesn't exist, doesn't like he never exists, LeBron, like this LeBron era never happened, but everyone else still plays. So you just take LeBron out of this decade. Who is the best player of this generation not named LeBron James, in your opinion? Well, if LeBron doesn't exist, I think KD is the closest thing to LeBron that is not LeBron. Dude, I think if LeBron doesn't exist and this not, then this is not the LeBron era. I think this would be the Stephen Curry era. Man, he has revolutionized the game. He's revolutionized the game. Bro, you have kids shooting from like 20, 30 feet out because of Steph. And like we had this monster. We had this debate after Golden State won the finals saying LeBron or Curry. Now, I want to have this debate with you. Former teammates, they won a lot together. Who was more important to the Warriors, Kevin Durant or Stephen Curry? I'm going to say Curry. I mean, simply because like KD was just searching for rings, right? He left Golden State, who went by himself. And yeah, yeah, look at what, at what he's going through right now. Now, this is my question. With that being said and all of that, who... 
who's better all time? Steph or KD? Man, that is a tough question because, man, KD, he's a freak, man. He's dominant. He's insane. But I have to agree with you on the Steph Curry part. On the sole fact that he's like almost like transformed the game in a way that Jordan, LeBron, and Kobe never could. Because outside of Jordan with his shoes, and then like outside of Jordan with his shoes and like the style, he influenced the 90s a lot. Man, we haven't seen a player do that since we haven't. Like Steph influences the game, has influenced the game over the last five to ten years in a way that we have not seen before, and that's that's insane to me. Steph Curry has done that. Now, with that being said, is Steph Curry underrated when it comes to the goat debate and all time talk? I'm gonna go bold here and say yes, he is underrated. He should at least be considered for the argument. I'm actually going to sit up and look at the camera because before I say this, I want all of you to comment your opinions about this take that I'm about to give. Okay, I'm ready for this. I think I know where this is going. You think, yeah. It's not what you think, but it's also what you think. I don't think we have talked about this before. Yeah, I don't think he's the GOAT, but I think he's better than Kobe Bryant all time. I think right now, Stephen Curry ranks higher than Kobe being Bryant on the fact that, dude, Kobe is a rep- was a replica of Michael Jordan. Let's let's be frank with let's yeah. be frank here. Kobe was Jordan yeah. 2.0. When have we ever seen a Steph Curry? When have we seen a guy like Steph Curry? Magic Johnson couldn't shoot as good as he can. Steve Nash couldn't do nearly as much. Steph Curry, for me, besides B, he's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. He holds that record. For me, he's the greatest point guard of all time. He has what? Like four championships? He has four titles. Has done them all with the same team. He's a two-time MVP. Unanimous back-to-back MVP. Has the credentials. He's better than Kobe, in my opinion. There is a world where that is true. I mean, they have both done so much for this game. But yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I think Steph's the third. I think Steph's the third greatest all time behind Michael Jordan. Third behind MJ and behind LeBron. All, all right. right. Now, now moving back to KD. I believe at the start of this week, he was at 21st. That means yeah. he moved up two spots in like two games. He's insane. He's crazy, dude. He, for me, is the best player in the world right now. Like, he's, he's so good, man. And it sucks that he's dealing with everything that he's going through with Kyrie Irving, with Ben Simmons airballing layups, and now they just fired their coach. Brooklyn is a mess, bro. And Kevin Durant is still dominating. This is a serious debate I want to have with you. And I also want to include the audience, so make sure you comment down below your opinions on this as well. Will Kevin Durant ever win another championship? If he stays at this team, I do not think so. But it just disproves what he was trying to prove, that he could win it by himself. This, for me, and this is not a knock on Kevin Durant, this proves to me that those two championships that he won he didn't really earn them and like nba twitter says oh these are like mickey mouse ring i will go bold here and i will say Giannis is one championship has more value than kevin durant's two that is true yeah because yeah, yeah some people have said that uh carried kd and i 100 believe that whoa I mean, it was pete curry so okay let me ask you this then <laughs> Did they win those championships because of Curry or KD? Whoa! (laughs) Here's where I disagree with you. I think Kevin Durant won. The reason they won those, for me, KD 
hope. I think KD was look. I think Kevin Durant was the reason they won that uh, the twenty. Uh, what was it? Twenty seventeen one. I think the twenty seventeen one was uh, Kevin Durant. He was dominant. I don't think without KD they win that uh, that championship. Now twenty eighteen, I think Steph Curry. Because of that playoff run where Kevin Durant got hurt. Uh, well, we know that was the next year. Where Kevin Durant wasn't great. I think they swept Cleveland because of Steph. I do think both KD and Steph played a huge part in those championships. I mean, if KD helped, there is no doubt about how great he was. Yeah, I just feel that way. Yeah. All right, moving on. LeBron James has become the player with the most 20-point games, 1,135, passing Carl Malone. Carl Malone. I forgot about Carl Malone. LeBron, Le- LeBron is aging like fine wine, bro. He's breaking records after records, and he's also on pace to break Kareem's. Like, that that guy's, that, my friend, is going to be like an episode in itself. Whenever he breaks it. <laughs> yeah. We're just gonna yeah, do like he is hour. he is out here breaking every possible record, and yet his team only has one win. Dang, bro! Like he's 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 the Ronaldo of basketball. His yeah. teams are struggling, but he's still dominating. I mean, he's breaking records. I had no idea over records. Like, bro, when when I heard he broke the record for most twenty point games, I'm like, that was a record. Like, Jesus. Will LeBron ever stop? Will we will we ever witness the decline of LeBron James? <laughs> no. Like at this point, bro. Like there's a saying that's like the only like there's only two constants in life: death and taxes. I want to add a third constant: LeBron James dominating. <laughs> <LeBron> James. <laughs> <laughs> like. Bro, I could see LeBron James just like playing at like ninety six, just dunking over like step, like like over, mm. I don't know, Giannis's third son, <laughs> and like he's gonna be like, like eighty years old and still have a crazy vertical. Yeah, Lebr- dude, LeBron's gonna like be like seven, like eighty years old and still be dropping fifty points a game. <laughs> <laughs> like even if he ever does retire he's gonna be like like one of those grandpas that just like he's gonna be uncle drew bro <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly like uncle drew yeah this man just doesn't stop he's gonna be in the park one day and he'll be like oh man that's <laughs> Yeah, and then he's just gonna dunk on like a like a seventeen year old. Man, what I wouldn't give to be dunked on by LeBron James. It go viral, bro. He's that go viral, bro. But yeah, LeBron James, dog. All right, let's. Uh... All right, moving on to the world of soccer, and we are starting off with an incredible story. Napoli has unveiled their Diego Maradona statue, and it is beautiful it, it, it is a thing of beauty guys it is truly remarkable it probably is the best soccer statue and i was nervous bro when i heard that napoli was making one i was nervous because of the bronze ronaldo statue i was like no there have man. been so many failed statues yeah it's like when you hear a statue is being made it's like <laughs> please don't mess it up like i was nervous and when i saw it i was like damn that's a that's a beautiful statue look say what you want about Maradona off the off the pitch there's no denying he is one of the greatest soccer players of all time no doubt and 
like crazy when he passed and uh and everything now do you now napoli gave him a statue let me ask you this do you think the argentinian uh national team should give him a statue as well definitely yeah man like this man is like the things that he, like what i would what i i wish he was like he's one of those players that i wish i could have uh witnessed like live growing up in that era to see what uh Maradona was uh was truly like and like the highlights that I've seen the games that I've seen man he was special congratulations to a true icon for getting a statue it is pro on uh FIFA has like a streaming thing and they have all of the games there they have the Argentina England game that my friend might be one of the best soccer games of all time those two goals alone brother dude this guy scored the hand of god no like no way he pulls the other goal in five minutes he pulled it in five minutes dude he literally said like man all right bam i scored that goal i when i saw it i'm like there's (laughs) no way anything matches that five minutes later he goes and he beats that he really said hold my nut God, we need that on a shirt. <laughs> I guess it's medium merch. Hold my nuts. Uh, but Maradona was special, bro. He was, for me, he was Messi before Messi was. Now, what surprises me is that Maradona has a statue before Pele. I I don't think Pele has a statue yet. He does not. Not that I know of, he does not. And obviously, this is going to go, like, bring up, like, I, I already see it in social media. Like, this has brought up the... Oh, Pele and Maradona debate again. We'll get into that, like, <clears throat> another episode, another time. It does surprise me that he, he's gotten the uh, statue before Pele. I, 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 I'm still thinking about that England game, bro. That England game was a thing of beauty. And it, it excites me so much that we are so close from the World Cup, bro. We are, what, 18 yeah, days I, away? We are 18 yeah, days 18 away from days. Cup, and I'm, it still I'm doesn't surprised. feel real. It doesn't, dog. It does. It hasn't sunk in. Like Qatar, it's insane. Like it, it's crazy. It's crazy. The World Cup is in 18 days, which means our World Cup special is coming up. That's yeah, we got to start planning it. Oh, I have. We have We're currently some... under production. It is under. It's. It is being worked on as we speak. And ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you. You do not. We are going to have crazy things. There are some things that I'm working on. Very exciting things for that episode that I can't wait to announce. Man, that's I'm 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 so excited for this for that episode. Which is why I couldn't produce and write this episode. Which is why Armand did it for me. And bro, you did an amazing job. I, I wanted to give you Thank your you. props on camera. <laughs> Everyone, leave a like because this show was all written and produced by Armand, and it is by far one of the best episodes we've had. So, truly great job, brother. All right, now moving on. A beautiful statue for a beautiful team, Napoli, is on top this season. They are, they were insane, bro. They, Napoli, Jesus, like how many games were they unbeaten? I don't even know. <laughs> I know they were like too much. I think they were like, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like a couple of months that they didn't lose a game until I believe it was today or yesterday that they lost to uh, who did they play? Yesterday, I think they lost to Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. They lost to Liverpool, Liverpool. with the goal from Salah, and I can't remember who else scored, but I, it was a two-nil loss. But so yeah, they they were first in their group. They are currently first in in the city man napoli and they came out of nowhere bro it's that uh what is that guy's name 
Don't they have the Colombian goalkeeper? Yeah, Ospina. I think they have Ospina. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know if he's still playing there. I know he used to play there. And I know Napoli wanted to bring over Keylor Mavas from PSG and they that, yes. that transfer failed. Man, Napoli is they are on track to win Serie A as it stands. Like you said, they're first in the Champions Group. They're first in Serie A. <laughs> are they the best Italian team in the world right now? Like it's And it's... I know they have one player. I think his name is like Gredich Kelia or like something yeah. like that. That guy is insane. Either scores or has an assist every game. Bro, Napoli is so fun. They, they are a beautiful team to watch. And now, let me ask you this. With the Maradona story that we talked about uh, a couple minutes ago, how do you think that's motivated them to continue winning? He has definitely done a lot. I mean, his birthday was... Uh, a couple of days ago so that certainly helps in matters of motivation so it's like doing this for him yeah it's like yeah napoli is such a good team they are so good I, i'm excited to see where this team goes now barcelona unfortunately painfully lost to bayern and yes, Inter beat victoria so we are officially a europa league team makes you feel any better atletico Madrid something is- atletico couldn't do <laughs> exactly, bro. Atletico Madrid, do it, bro. They are out of Europe. Not, no Europa League, no Champions League, no nothing. They are the second. They will always the number two team in Madrid. They will never be better than Real Madrid. I don't want to hear it, bro. I remember after they won La Liga, everyone was saying, oh, Madrid turned red. Madrid never turned red. It is always white. Still, but like Madrid's performance today. We dominated. 5-1. who upset who upset us? We came out and we dominated. Now, I want to give credit, Diego Jota. That was the most beautiful free kick goal I have I have seen in a while, bro. There was nothing Courtois could have done. That was a beautiful goal. And now, bro, like, this was impressive. It was really... I was not expecting this performance from Real Madrid today. Now, let me ask you something. We talked a little... We briefly mentioned this after uh, El Clasico last week. Are Xavi's days numbered? I don't think we can go that far yet but he said it himself if he can't turn this team around then another manager will step in i mean here's the thing i mean i mean he numbered his days himself and here's why i think they are Mm. you're in the europa league again i don't know if you win the europa league honestly arsenal's playing out of their mind Manchester United's got their groove back. Juventus looked really good against PSG today. So it's a tough competition. Not to mention you have teams like Villarreal and Sevilla who can uh, poach. Let's hypothetically say they don't win the Europa League. La Liga's looking difficult because you're going to have to face Real Madrid again. And, yeah, and uh, if we lost to, to Eintracht Frankfurt last year, it was to say yeah. we can beat these big name teams. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that his numbers are, I mean, his his days are numbered. Yes, his numbered his numbers are days. <laughs> it truly is Halloween, guys. But yeah, there is uh Barça is interested in Arteta as a replacement for he's Xavi. He's not leaving Arsenal. I know he's not going, but like I don't think even if he went to Barça, I don't think how how do you think he would do if he went to Barça? I don't think he'd do well. I don't think he'd fit. There is one coach that I think could maybe turn around Barça. And that's Thomas Tuchel. I think Thomas Tuchel could help because he could motivate. He could bring life into Barca. And he has experience. Like, if we remember what Chelsea was before uh, Tuchel got there, they were bad. Like, they were not a good team. And then he brings them and... 
takes them all the way to being Champions League winners. I think he is someone who should be looked at as the replacement potentially. I think Zidane could also be an option, but I don't think he'd do it just because of the history with Barca and Real Madrid. I think uh, Pochettino would be an interesting coach. And I mean, more bad more bad news for Barca. It looks like Messi might not be coming back after all, bro. There is a re- yeah, there is a numerous amounts of reports Inter Miami. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's between Barca, PSG, and Inter Miami. A surprising third team in the competition. I know PSG really wants to renew that contract, and Inter Miami is really pushing for him as well. Now I have heard that uh, that Man City wants to extend Bernardo Silva, but if they don't, I heard that that Barca will have to choose between signing Bernardo Silva or signing Messi. Oh, of course. And I mean, I mean, I've spoken with I've spoken to people close to like the La Liga situation, and I've heard things like, "Bro, La Liga desperately needs Messi back in Barca financially, bro." Like, La Liga is struggling financially, dog. Like, really, now you only have one Spanish team in the Champions League, which is Real Madrid, with Atletico not going to not even Europa. It's, like, financially struggling. So I think La Liga is pushing for Messi to come back so ratings and money could start generating again. But it's looking like Inter-Miami might be might be where he goes next season. Yeah, and I think it's confirmed yet. I heard that. I know talks are already intensified. I don't know if that's the right word. I heard that they will continue talks in January after the World Cup. So, I know David so We'll see how things go. I did. I from what I heard, like min couple of uh, like an hour before we went on the air, I heard uh, David Beckham is flying out to Paris either tonight or tomorrow morning to talk to Lionel Messi. So there's a chance that next MLS season Lionel Messi's here in Miami. How expensive are those tickets going to be, bro? We better we better start buying those tickets now. Season tickets right now, dude. Bro, that'd be an honor to get the seats that we get to see. Lionel Messi. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be an honor to like cover Lionel Messi live and in person. Be a dream, dog. And who knows? Maybe if they bring Messi, who knows? Maybe Iguain stepped out. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Iguain hit another prime. Bro, Iguain <laughs> just come Messi in and dominate in. the MLS. Watch Aguero just say, hey, my heart condition fixed. <laughs> my heart condition fine. To the Argentinian yeah, I was taking the whole time. And that's another thing that could bring Messi to uh to Miami. Iguain lives in Hollywood. I mean, not Iguain. Oh, Iguain lives, Aguero. Aguero lives in Hollywood. Iguain, I believe, lives somewhere in like Aventura, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's like, like yeah. uh a little get together every weekend that'd, that'd be that'd be fun so who knows maybe lionel messi to enter miami is imminent who knows maybe he brings a certain portuguese star with him i mean i would love for messi to come to them as far as like like i would love the move but it would hurt at the same time yeah it, it would hurt me bro because not not like not seeing him be, retire in barcelona not seeing him play european football would hurt bro because like at least now there's still a champions league with him like if he comes to the mls a chair there will be a champions league without messi bro and at this stage without yeah. messi and ronaldo because ronaldo's in manchester united yeah and that Messi is still in excellent shape. Oh, he's 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 probably he's like 
currently, I believe, the favorite to win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, so like they're coming to the MLS right now. Don't think that's a smart idea. I don't know, man. We'll see how it plays out. So it's definitely, definitely going to be a smart thing. And like, like he, he said it himself in an interview, not pertaining to clubs, but like about the World Cup. That it was his last one because of age-wise. Because he's like, physically, he's, oh, then, then stay. physically, he's fine. Then stay. Don't retire. I'm not ready. I'm not I'm not ready to say goodbye to Messi. Bro, that will be a day of mourning when Messi retires. <laughs> yeah. Ah, day man. of mourning. To yeah. think that we are 18 days away from seeing the last World Cup of the two greatest players of all time. But who knows, dude, I need, I need the final. If the FIFA can corruptly rig Qatar to get the World Cup, they can rig an Argentina and Portugal finals you can't tell me they can't bro if the fifa can get qatar i didn't even know they played soccer in qatar and you're telling me they can get a world cup argentina oh. and portugal can get the final god's up there putting strings he better be man he better be come on come on god please man we need to see that happen the footballing gods we're calling on you talking about fifa being corrupt netflix is is releasing a documentary precisely about that and here's the yeah, thing i believe it comes out next wednesday yes it just happens to be like a week before the qatar ecuador game and yeah, said they won't corrupt that game oh yeah we'll, we'll get into that next we are definitely gonna get into that and we're gonna get some uh people's insight on that as well next next episode dude like that's gonna be an interesting one yeah definitely so, yeah, keep an eye out for that documentary guys definitely. It's we will... definitely going to be interesting i'm so excited to watch it man i'm, I'm excited to, to watch it and uh should be very interesting and i'm so happy that the world cup it is here we have made it bro we have made it like literally i love everything about the world cup from this from the album to everything bro we are here dog four years in the making and the qatar world cup is here. Uh, while we're on the topic of the world cup why don't we do the international stories right now we have Heard that Paul Pogba had the surgery on his knee, I think, right? So he had yeah. a chance. Well, a few days ago, he re-injured his knee, so now he's out. No! Out the Cup. Man, he gets healed and then re-injures it. Man, yeah, and the that French squad is dealing with a lot of injuries, dog. And now, now it's uh, Pogba, Varane got injured just previously to Pogba. Yeah. Now Kimbembe got injured, I think, yesterday or the day before. He's out for three weeks. France is not looking Benzema, Benzema's been too strong anymore. France, like, and to think that they won the World Cup last 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 time in Russia, and now they're struggling, man. Yeah, these injuries definitely complicate things. And I mean, here's here's my. But that's the thing, bro. The the World Cups are usually in the summer, so the uh, during the off season for players. Now you're having it in the winter, mid season. Players are bound to get hurt. Honestly, I love the World Cup, but what the FIFA did, giving it to Qatar and making it during this time, for me, is just plain out disgraceful. Qatar doesn't does not. It shouldn't be happening. Should not be happening during this time. And it really, Qatar shouldn't be hosting the World Cup. Like you, you, you see the rules that they're enforcing. You see like everything going on politically with Qatar and stuff. It's a bad move making the World Cup in Qatar. But here we are, 18 days away, and the the timing is impacting teams because 
There's a lot of injuries, bro. Yeah, not just for France. A lot of injuries have been impacting a lot of the big-name clubs like England, France we just talked about, Argentina. Thankfully, Argentina, and not so much. Bro, if Messi gets hurt, I swear to God. I did hear, I think, then yesterday that Giovanni Lachezzo got injured. Oh, I think he's currently man. under evaluation to see how bad it is. Yeah. That 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 thing on Twitter of Messi and the disease yeah. being the go, bro, it had me shaking. And the picture too, he was on the floor. He was, like, he was on the floor crying. I'm like, no, no. I was on the brink. The first time I saw it, before you sent it to me, I was about to cry, dude. I was like, no. My heart stopped. Dude, my, my heart stopped. I'm like, it's not gonna, it can't end like this. Not like this. He's supposed to win it. Dude, everything is too coincidental that 86 World Cup. Everything. I'm trying not to get my hopes up. Dude. I am but if he doesn't win this one in 2026, because it's 40 years since Maradona won it. So it's either this one or the next one. In 2026, we are talking about a Lionel Messi who will be... Please. <laughs> it's, it's really, it really is now or never for Messi and Ronaldo. I know, it's like, it's the last World Cup for Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar. And like, everyone wants all three of them to win, but only one team... Win. can win and that's what makes this world cup so special that dude it's the last world cup for everybody for modric ronaldo messi benzema lewandowski bro like yeah, our golden, our golden era of football is ending right before our eyes yeah we can't do anything but enjoy it except that it's happening enjoy these final moments and that's why like, as, as, as much as you want to hold on you can't yeah and that's the painful part. Yeah, that hurts, man. That hurts. Kind of felt like you shifted from soccer to something else. God, why are we so wrong? But man, in 18 days from now, we will be talking about the World Cup. It is going to be huge, man. I am so, so excited. Yeah, on some brighter... Kevin Phillips and Reese James are still aiming for that World Cup. I mean, that that would be really helpful for an England team. That that those two coming back healthy could do a lot for England in the World Cup. All of them are yeah. Kevin Phillips, not so much as as Reese James. They're they gonna could need Phillips, make, bro. They're like, gonna need Phillips, especially because of how good that group, like how underrated that group is with a, with the US, with Iran and Wales. You're going to need to go defensive a lot. And Phillips helps a lot. He's like, really, I think he's the best CDM they have. Now, talking about that group, Weston McKinney could also be out with a thigh injury. That one actually hurts. If you look at the US, we have choice, we have options in that midfield with Gio Reyna, with uh, Tyler Adams. Uh, you could maybe see a, uh, a Tyler Arnoldson maybe making a surprise appearance now. But bro, what Weston McKenney brings to, to the table is really like that, like that leadership. You, that's my only worry with the US and we're gonna get into this like a lot next uh next week during the world cup episode but like the lack of the lack of leadership worries me because if you look at it the last time we were in the world cup was 2014 and we had really that core of like guys that were like big loud leaders in the guys like clint dempsey 
and uh, Michael Bradley, a uh, Jordy Altador, a Tim Howard, and now we really are struggling, especially with not having uh, John Brooks in defense because it looks like he's not gonna go. We're not gonna call him. It, it's 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 tough, man. It's a tough. I'm worried about the U.S., especially if we don't have Western mechanic. Now, now this is something that I just remembered that that I saw on Twitter the other day with with Bogba and Engolo Gante both out of the French midfield. France could call up Camavinga. That's beautiful, bro. That 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 makes me actually very happy because I think Camavinga is disrespectfully and criminally underrated. He is good enough to be a if if he wasn't on Real Madrid, he'd be a starter on any. So I I dude. I hope he does. I hope he does uh, come get caught up, and I hope he shows. He has like I hope he has like a James Rodriguez type World Cup. I mean, I mean, really, there is no other option than than Camavinga. Yeah, and it's gonna be lovely to see how how he can do it. Man, a lot of injuries. Yeah, and the the last injury of tonight. I know this one is pretty late, but is out for months according to club so that means he is going to miss i don't know if he was called up don't think he was but he's gonna miss the world cup but what i heard from uh from some doctors close to liverpool and stuff and from reports that i've read he's out for the rest of the season like he might not come back this year at all which now hurts uh an already struggling liverpool man now, and it, I, I saw on twitter that Liverpool is closer to the relegation zone yeah. <laughs> than the top four dude this is a team that was in the Champions League finals last year. Like, they were in the Champions League finals. And now they, they're closer to the relegation zone. Like, next season, they might not play any competition outside of the Prem. We might look at a, we might be looking at a, at a, uh, a Champions League with no Liverpool, a Europa League with no Liverpool. I want to say this right now. They took a worse turn than Barcelona. I mean, I mean we weren't this bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're bad, but their they're bad. circumstances... Bad. Oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> yeah. When you have a team that was in the finals yeah, of a major European competition and you now go to being potentially relegated, you're just bad. It's tough. And I'm going to go bold here. If they don't actually get their things together, they will get relegated. They will get relegated. And if they get relegated, uh, Klopp might get fired. I have seen some stories that he might. It's Dude, it's tough being a soccer coach. It really is. Because it's like, it's really one of the very few businesses that are like solely performance-based. And not just like the like performance-based. Because if you're winning, the owners love you. The club loves you. The fans love you. Everyone loves you. But if you start to lose or start to struggle, no matter how good of a coach you are, they're going to hate you. You're probably going to get fired. And it's it's a, it's a really difficult job. Man. Like like what happened with uh, Thomas Tuchel. He is, for me, one of the best coaches we've seen in years. Bad results, bad results, got him fired. Yeah, I think after they lost to, to Dynamo Zagreb, that was it. Us in the media, we criticize, we criticize coaches and teams a lot. But it's tough. It's a tough job as well, man. So on other terms, both the Gea... And Gerard Piquet made the preliminary squad for for Spain, which which consists of fifty five players. Piquet shocks me because of how good that uh, Spanish defense is. But I I like the fact that Piquet's there because they're gonna give him his proper send. I I hope he stays there so they give him that proper send off. I am surprised 
I mean, yeah, he does deserve that that proper send off. But I am surprised in a way that they called because of his current performances. Yeah, didn't he say he was gonna like? Didn't he retire from international play? Oh, true. Didn't that happen? Yeah, that did happen. I remember. I remember talking. Like I remember. I remember hearing about it a couple of years ago. Did he just like unretire? Right, it seems like it. Does seem like it, man. Because. I think I don't think he should go to the World Cup. Like obviously he's a legend, but dude, we've seen the performances he's had this season with Barca. I don't know, man. I don't think he's in the best uh, performance shape to be in the World Cup. I think David De Gea absolutely should be in the World Cup. I think he's still the best uh, goalkeeper Spain has. I'm surprised he's the best. He wasn't in the uh, in the squads in the first place. Yeah, I. Don't think he was an album. Right? He check. wasn't. Have the album on me. Man, <laughs> I love this album. Yeah, he definitely deserves a spot on the squad. He is not in the album. He is not in the album. By the way, shout out to the album. <laughs> True OG. So yeah, he definitely should be in that squad. Alright, so Danny Alves, to stay in form for the World Cup, is training with the Barcelona B team. Isn't he in Mexico? I honestly don't know anymore. Yeah, I... Because I could have... I know he plays for Pumas, but I don't know. I don't know, bro. I I thought he retired, and then I see him in Barca, and I'm like, oh, wow, he didn't retire. Then I thought he retired. I don't know. It's it's hard to keep up with him. He's like a Kardashian. We need a keeping yeah, up with him. Thing. Yeah, training with the Barca B team is... is it's it's the first time smart. I've seen something. It's the first time I've seen a player do this. Yeah. It's it's a smart thing to stay in shape because he knows he's not gonna get minutes in the in the regular squad, and even if he still is in Mexico, like the competition of uh, of Mexico compared to a even a secondary squad in in um in Europe is much much greater. So it's a smart decision by Danny Alves. Moving on, Ukrainian FA has asked FIFA to exclude Iran from the World Cup. Now, Iran is suspected of supplying weapons to Russia and are accused of violating FIFA's laws on human rights and discrimination. I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this? Honestly, it made things easier for for the U.S. It would. It really would. Here's the way I look at it, and this is my personal view and personal opinion i think look politics and sports should not match should not mix i think look iran they they already are in the world cup i'm not here to talk on the whole political side of it because that is not our uh our expertise or our aspects and i'm not gonna do that but dude they i don't think in my personal opinion i think they should stay in the world cup because are you going to change like are you like these players are preparing for a world cup bro we are 18 days away from qatar you're gonna get ukraine there in 18 days you think those players are focusing on football right now with everything going on in the country you think they, I, they're fit in shape right now i don't think it would be like switching them for the for the ukraine team but like, yeah, like as you said, they can't go ahead and, and take out Iran and swap yeah. them with another Not team. 18 days, bro. Let's say, okay, let's say they do it. Who do they put? What team is in shape good enough to go to a World Cup in 18 days. Definitely not Chile. Don't even think about it, Chile. Don't, no. I already see it. I already I already see the Facebook post. I already see the commercial saying we should do it. Just leave Ukraine in. If, you, if, if it's between Chile and Ukraine, just leave Ukraine in. I mean, if they it did take them out, it would have to be some Middle East team, like a team from that region. Who knows, bro? You, but here's the thing, dude. Chile would find a way. Like they, they'd love, they'd they'd sue FIFA for Christ's sake. But I don't, they think, I don't think I don't think they should. I think it's too. I think it's really. If they wanted to do this, they should have done it months ago. 
Like they should have done this when they did. They should have made this decision when they uh when they banned Russia from like competitions and stuff. Yeah, well, it's too late to do anything now, so. Yeah. So might as well just keep them in. On other news, according to a trainer, it seems this is not Luka Modric's last international. According to the trainer, he said Modric could play in the in the Euro 2024. Yeah, I think so. I think it's I could see it. And honestly, depending on how he does in those Euro games, could make it. To, he could make it to the 2026 World Cup. And but yeah, I, how old would he be? How old is he now? Like 36, 38? Mm-hmm. I think he's like 38. Yeah, I, I think he's like 38. So yeah, no, probably not at the World Cup. But in his 40s, he takes care of his body. I can see it, bro. I can definitely see it. And I would love right. to see Modric continue. Well, ex-teammate Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah, the other day against, uh, I think it was his. I think it was the Sheriff, right? He scored his first non-penalty goal of the season. That is so upsetting, dude. His first so actual upsetting. goal. It's so upsetting. And it's not upsetting because of bad player performances. The reason he doesn't have a goal is because he doesn't play. He's Cristiano Ronaldo. He should he should be playing every game. He still has it. He's not out of touch. The man, that was a nice goal. Like, he's scoring goals, bro. He can do it. I'm really, quite frankly, I'm tired of talking about it, dude. I mean, I'm like... I, I'm done, dude. Ten Hag is just, he has it out for Ronaldo. And it yeah. really upsets me. Yeah, after he scored the goal, he said uh, he said that, that Ronaldo is very important. And that hopefully he becomes more important. Bro, this man is such a hypocrite. He is really the biggest hypocrite in football. He says he's, like, in January, he said, oh, no, Ronaldo's still part of the plans. Has not, didn't make him play any of the big games. Didn't play against City. Why? Because, oh, I, I feel like I, his career is too important and we were going to... Now he says he's such an important player. Then play him. This is no disrespect to Anthony Marshall, uh, to uh, Rashford or whoever they are playing at their number nine right now. You are not on Cristiano Ronaldo's level. Do you see Ronaldo making a return? Or do you see Ten Hag not to, switching up? I want to say that he makes a return. But it'd be naive of me. I, at this point, I'm, I need to see it to believe it. So I still think he's not going to play. Now, I want him to play, bro. It would be beautiful. Because, dude, they're wasting his final years. And they don't want to sell him. Yeah, they don't. At this point, he's just keeping him so, just so the other teams don't beat him. He's literally a bench warmer. He is the bench warmer right there. And Ten Hag is hoarding Ronaldo. Honestly, he's Ten Hag is holding Ronaldo hostage in Manchester United. Well, yeah. hopefully he leaves Man United. Because there have been reports that Cristiano Ronaldo bought a $21 million home in, in Lisbon. He, he, Chelsea wants him. Chelsea wants him, bro. They are seriously interested in him. Inter-Miami wants him, obviously. He could go back to sporting. I, 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 he just need, I don't care where he goes. He just needs to get out of Manchester, bro. He needs to get out of there. It's like a horror movie, bro. Escape Manchester. But yeah, for him to go back to sporting, he would have to take another massive pay cut. But at this point, just do anything to get out. Just play. Bro, just go play there for free. Just play, dude. At his age, dude, money shouldn't be a concern to him. He has enough money to literally live for the rest of his life. (laughs) On a side note, Manchester United, just three points behind Tottenham, who is in third. I mean, Manchester United, they they are a good team. Just if Ronaldo was playing, they'd be better. And I don't know what's more surprising. The fact that Tottenham is in third place and could maybe, who knows, actually win a trophy this year. Or the fact that Manchester United came back from being like 20th to 
Honestly, this Premier League is the most wild season I've seen in a long time. Bro, this whole soccer season's been wild, bro. Barcelona in the Europa League, Atletico Madrid not playing uh, European, uh, Euro- European competition, Juventus is in the uh, Europa League, you have Napoli who's going on a run, Liverpool is struggling, Chelsea's alright, Leeds is actually playing good, like it's it's such a crazy season, Ronaldo's not playing, Messi's back to dominating, it's like, it's a crazy good year. It's a crazy world we live in. It is a crazy world we live in, bro, and like it's a crazy sports world, dude, if you think about it, like, go back to where we were a year, like, think about it, the Nets are struggling, are struggling, the, uh, the Heat are struggling, but then you have teams like Orlando who are doing good san antonio charlotte's doing really good golden state can't win a game or uh, can't win a game away from home the lakers suck like it's crazy bro dane how how much things have changed who knows maybe by the end of the decade we'll see big names being relegated and like other teams that, yeah yeah bro, who knows yeah maybe new teams from the from the b league ascending I mean, into the first division you know what I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to go bold. By the end of the decade, by the start of 2030, 2031, Wrexham will be in the Premier League and they will win it. A fifth division team will come back from the dead and win the Premier League in 10 years. We'll look back at this video and you will all thank me later. <laughs> Damn, but, uh, 2030. It sounds so, so far away. It sounds so far away. It sounds so far away, but dude, it's only... It feels so old to say 2030 when you've been there. Dude, 2006, the B-movie is 15 years old today. The B-movie is 15 years old today. It truly the time is, really moves on in the blink of an eye. Time is flown, bro. The, the LeBron versus KD Miami Heat OKC NBA Finals was 10 years ago. 10 years? Yeah, next year, Ray Allen's shot becomes 10 years, bro. The historic messy 2012 season is 10 years. I'll hold it right there. We went to El Clasico five years ago. Is it bad to say that I don't remember a single thing from that game? I, I, I re- well, I don't remember the game. I remember walking to the stadium. I remember the halftime show. And like I remember finding our seats and stuff. I remember. I remember. I, remember walking, I remember crying when I first saw this. When I first got to my seats because of the fact that we were in El Clasico, bro. Actually, I remember seeing you guys there too. Yeah, we, we were obviously there. <laughs> but I don't, I don't remember the actual game. I I have the tickets. I don't know where I put them. But I know I have them. Like I know I have. I know I still have the ticket. Let me try to find them because I do remember I had them, bro. Because like I kept, I kept the tickets. Oh, I think they're over. There. Yeah, I'll figure it out. But yeah, man, I I don't remember who won that game. I don't remember a lot of that game. I remember that the the one thing I do remember is that that was Messi, uh, Neymar's last game at, in Barca. I only remember one of the game, which is I think Neymar with his back turned to the. Yeah. Walking away from the goal. It's still crazy that we went to El Clasico. And hopefully one day to an actual El Clasico. Oh, we will, brother. We will. I give you that. I give you my word. Pegasus Media will be covering El Clasico one day. And Chelsea is looking into a Lukaku and a Lautaro swap. Damn, bro. Uh, why? <laughs> I don't think that makes sense for Inter. Because, bro, just keep both of them. How would that work anyway? Isn't isn't Lukaku technically? Oh wait, no, he was loaned. I I, I would just, just buy him. Lukaku, I think his price is like seven million. Yeah, I would just buy him and not give up and not give up money. It 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 doesn't make sense for them to give up. Yeah, he's too valuable. 
Oriente. He's where their most goals come from. And I mean, I don't think they should separate the duo of uh, Lukaku and Martinez yet. And our last story of today is Jorginho is waiting for for that Barca offer. We like, dude, he doesn't fit in Barca. I don't think, I don't think he would make Barca any better. And like at this point, I think if Barca goes out and gets him, that's just spending money because it's money, and that's a dumb thing to do if you're Barcelona, especially with the financial situation. You cannot go and spend money just to spend money. At this point, you have to be smart about it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they're just bringing in names just to have that reputation of just being that loaded squad. They're turning into PSG, dude. Do you think they're just straying away from their original ideas of that take the ball, pass the ball, that Pep Guardiola oh. stuff? That that's gone. Yeah. Tikitaka does not exist anymore. And that's the problem with Xavi. He's still just trying to play it. It doesn't work anymore. Teams have tried dude, that is that for me is what cost you guys El Clasico. Because Madrid literally countered everything, bro. Because take a ball, pass a ball, prones you that, that tiki taka style gets you so close and it makes you vulnerable to the counterattack. So a team that can poise that is going to win. That's what Madrid did. I think Barca is right now just going through an identity crisis trying to figure out who they are. And that's why we're still going <laughs> to the Europa League. Halloween stuff. What is your, in honor of Halloween, what is your all-time Halloween movie? Like I'm not very into like the scary movies and stuff. It, I, I think it is a really good movie. I like like the Halloween movies, the original ones. I think the new one that came out, Halloween Ends, that sucks. It was, it's not a, but I think an underrated one is Midsummer. Bro, that movie, that movie, holy cow. My recommendation, do not watch that alone at midnight. Don't do it. <laughs> Trust me, I won't. It will give you traumatic, it will leave you questioning everything in your life. How about you? What is your all-time favorite? Uh, I'm not too into my favorite halloween movie in that genre is probably those freddy krueger movies yeah but i do love a good halloween disney movie now all right with that being said let me ask you this what is your favorite piece of halloween can probably a kit cats hey my house has a ton of kit cats if you want to come over <laughs> no i'm not dude i'm not kidding dude i bought like a ton of candy because i thought everyone was gonna... no one showed up there was nobody there was no dude what is wrong with this generation? Kids don't trick or treat. Bro, I remember how excited I would get to just dress up and go knocking on doors hoping to get... Dude, do you remember when we used to trade candies in your room? Yes. We used to do that like if we were like general managers of sports teams. Bro, and now no one shows up. They're all playing Fortnite. What is this? My dad turned off the lights of the house so no one would come but like I got home from practice the streets were empty dude I was like it's I, Halloween right yeah like, no yeah. one was no one was out there no one dude I mean I don't know if it got like busier like in the afternoon I didn't enjoy my Halloween no need to get into that but uh man what's going on trick-or-treating was such a fun part bro like dressing up, picking a costume. It, it was like, it was honestly growing up one of my favorite holidays. Just walking around, getting candy, trading candy, getting scared. No, man, it doesn't feel the same anymore. Uh, it's like the magic. The ma yeah, we sound so old. <laughs> we sound, jeez, bro. We're just complaining about the generation. We are this generation. Like, dude. Now, for our final story 
of the night. What what was your Halloween costume? I didn't get to dress up this year. I had a, a medical emergency. What I was going to dress up as was I was going to be either between I was going to be Max Verstappen, the Formula One driver for Red Bull. I had like blue jeans i had his uh his team shirt i had, i was gonna like wear a helmet and i was just gonna like sit in my uh in a slingshot that so i didn't get to do that <laughs> how about you what were you for halloween well i did a repeat of a costume so i was slash from uh, i was the guitarist from guns and roses <laughs> halloween what's happened dude is it just me or do holidays just does life not feel like does life not feel the same as when we were like growing up? Like holidays, holidays like Valentine's Day, dude. I will always have this fond memory of like going to my school and just getting all these, like having a mailbox and having all my classmates put them in my mailbox. And I used to get so ga- I used to get so excited. Oh, the candies on Valentine's Day. The candies, bro. The candies. They, they don't do that. that anymore. They don't even do like the the send your friends some stuff. Yeah, dude. They everything is virtual nowadays, dude. Like they do those, but they're on Instagram. I'm like, they don't make. That's not the same. We really have to stop. <laughs> like, but dude, it's it's so. And then even like if you think about it, Christmas, dude. Like Christmas and Halloween's like just don't feel they don't feel the same they don't feel like the the old because like everything is so like commercialized and stuff man like here's something that like that has changed and i miss it and it breaks my heart remember going easter egg hunting uh yeah (laughs) Yeah. like dude losing a tooth getting the tooth fairy to come like that's not really uh, a holiday dude kids are watching we are not gonna break their spirits today We are not here to ruin kids' lives today. Or maybe we are. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, man, but life just doesn't feel the same, dude. And I keep seeing those TikToks of, like, let me take you back to, like, certain years. I don't know why they make me emotional. (laughs) Like, I saw one of 2016, bro. I miss, like, the bottle flipping challenge, dabbing. Remember the mannequin challenge? Dabbing. Oh, the mannequin challenge? Yeah, like not moving. Dude, I did that one. Like, I remember doing one of those while like I was getting like an MRI. <laughs> like getting the music. Like I literally, like my dad played the music right as I was going into the machine. I, I missed the good old days, bro. Okay, yeah, we really have to stop this. <laughs> We've been going on for what I'm pretty sure has been over two hours. Well, so well, that was a happy ending. You know, it was kind of depressing. It, yeah, dude, this year's Halloween was depressed. Not gonna lie, I got some news, personal news uh, after Halloween that made my night pretty pretty good. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and watching the Halloween episode. Now, for our YouTube audience, make sure to hit the like button and subscribe so you don't miss our next big event, which is the World Cup. Man, that, my friends, is going to be probably the best episode we have done in this company's history. That is how yeah, good so, it's looking right now. So stay tuned because it's going to be very interesting, very big, very huge. <laughs> exactly. Like SNL Trump would say, huge. <laughs> Peace out, everybody.